there it is. We've heard the sound. Thanks for joining us again for another cooler. This is for Hawkeye, episode four, titled Partners. Am I right? And Sefi, thanks for joining me, man. Mate, thank you for having me, as always. What's this one rated as? We're sitting at 8.4 on the IMDb. Was it 8.4 last week as well? 8.5. Right. Could have been so 8.6. I don't remember, but yeah, things dropped during the week. And mm. so the first one's sitting at a 7.7, 7.9, 7, 8.5, It feels about right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that feels about right. I'd say this, this um, episode was just as good as the third episode, which was better than the first two. So, mm. yeah. Spot on. We got a bit We got a bit in this episode, so we'll jump straight into the little recap review that we've got going on here. Um, they pick up straight where the last one left off with Jack's sword to... Uh, well, Ronan's sword, essentially, but Jack holding the sword to uh, Hawkeye's throat. I do have to apologize for last week, guys. I do get confused between the comic and the <laughs> show a little bit. And I've been calling him, um, uh, obviously, Jacques, Mr. Jack. The sword. It's, it's Jack in the show. It's Jack in the show. I apologize. I'll keep keep that right. But, yeah, the comic is Jacques. So <laughs> but it's still the same character. To, yeah, it's hard to separate that sometimes. Yes. You know? Anyway. Um, Why is there an Avenger in my living room? How good was that? <laughs> Can and just that the acting there? Oh, it's she, Archer! <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Her surprise the second she sees him. Yeah, like oh, there's fear there. Why is there a good guy here? You know what I mean. I told you. I told you. I called it straight away. Like bad guy. If that was intentional, that was awesome. If I'm reading too much into that, no, I apologize. She's a bad guy because it came out again later on. She, she tries to, oh, yeah, well, Black Widow, how did that turn out? Mm. And then it's All like. Right, well, we'll get there. So they have this awesome little family dinner thing. Tea. They have tea. Oh, um, hi, tea with the rich people. They do. They have tea. Um with a sword separating them, by the way. Just this sword just dead in the, in the middle of the table there. Um, where we get that little... Oh, we're partners, right? No, oh, we're not partners. Know. Yeah, <laughs> friends. Would you say friends? No, we're, no, we're friends not friends. <laughs> just ouch, Clint. Just ouch, man. <laughs> She's putting her heart out there and just getting shot down. I he just look... Get- my God, I love Kate Bishop. Like, Haley Steinfeld is doing everything needed to make this character great. Yeah. Because that fraction run of the comic, I loved Kate Bishop in. I have struggled to like her in other things because she's like one of those characters where, oh, what was his name in um, Walking Dead? Um the kid, the kid in the Walking Dead. Carl. I'm sorry, Carl. Where Carl's always just getting into trouble because he's either too dumb or too arrogant. Don't don't you talk bad about Carl now. Look, I know on rewatch it's all good, but at the time you're like, oh, don't go dig a zombie up, Carl. Stop. You know, <laughs> like there's that element of Kate in the comic book where she's so overconfident, it comes across as you're 
overconfident to a fault and like you are creating the problems here. Yeah. You know? And I find that annoying in some characters where I'm like, just, just fix the problems, man. Stop creating more problems because of who you are. Um, she has that overconfidence in, and they've met, they've said it many times. Um, Clint says it to her when they're on the horses. Um, her mum said it to her. She said, you're overconfident and you're rich. So it's a dangerous combination. Yeah. That's it. Um, but she still has that really endearing quality to her. And that's where I think it can get lost. If you don't have that kind of humanity, endearing quality to you, then it can come across as just arrogant and people struggle to connect with you. Like, we'll fast forward quickly. Clint telling her how to sneak into the building and she's like, oh, I'm just going to do it this way. Yeah. You know, that's overconfidence. She did nail it though. But the way she did it. You're like, oh, okay, right. That's- and then making herself seem crazy. I'm talking to an Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. It's fantastic. All right. But back to the little awkward tea kind of thing. Hawkeye excuses himself, steals Ronan's sword back. <laughs> it was awesome. I love how you just got that little, that little nod to the fact that he was a pickpocket thief. Yep. You know? Um, talking to Eleanor the whole time, who's trying to get him to stop working with Kate. Yeah. Now, it's under the like you've got to say it's under the guise of I don't want anything to happen to my daughter, but it ain't. It's got to be stop digging into my shit. Yeah, because she makes a phone call straight after that when he leaves. Now that phone call. Who do we think she's calling there? She got a um, whoever's doing the red room and all that. Val, I reckon it's Val. Val. She called Val. It's Val, right? Yeah. Like, like because that. We're jumping all over the place here, but that scene with Val and Yelena at the end of Black Widow was obviously a time jump to now. Yeah. But we didn't know when that scene actually took place. So to think that maybe that scene took place just after that phone call. So are we going to get two big hitters in this in this series towards the end? Or are we going to get Kingpin and Val? You know what? Who knows? Perhaps. Because Val's been showing up. They're trying to sprinkle it through. Does Val you know? work for Kingpin? Ooh, wouldn't that be interesting? There's a question if for Kingpin's you. Kingpin's putting together his own Dark Avengers. We thought it was... Ross. We thought it was Ross. We thought it was Thunderbolt. But if it's Dark Avengers, which would make sense if it is because they're grabbing people who are similar to the Avengers. You know, they've got their own Black Widow now. They've got their own Cap. um, Captain America. You know, if they're grabbing people who are similar to the original Avengers instead of the Thunderbolts, who are their own people, they're just, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, fun, fun thoughts here. But that scene did play where you could say, okay, she's either called Val or she's called Kingpin. No, she's definitely called Val, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I think it's definitely Val. But anyway, that's where we're at. Um, yeah, it makes that phone call. Directly after. Really cool little scene that was. And once again, just Jack being Jack. But then we get this little scene afterwards with Kate Bishop seeing her mum happy. You know, that really gave you more of that kind of, that grounded humanity. Yeah. 
And it was just dumb stuff of teasing Jack for the way he says things and <laughs> seeing him dance and stuff. But God, even when she danced, she was so stiff. Like he was trying to move her. Yeah. Anyway, Clint walks out and texts his wife. I was a bit annoyed when I first saw that text because it did something that annoys me. Uh Uh-oh. Which is when a character texts someone they know and have no text history with that person. Well, no, nothing. That doesn't – see, that doesn't doesn't annoy me for Hawkeye. Well, it didn't – it did annoy me when I first saw this first one, but he texts her again later and once again it's a new message. Because he deletes them. Every time. That's right. But then don't have a name in your phone. It's his wife. He might have just got a new <laughs> phone. You don't know. He might be getting a new phone every time because you got to remember, he's basically a spy. So he'd have burner phones. He'd have everything. Mm. It's Anyway, so at first, like I said, the first time annoying me because I'm like, oh, man, don't do that. But then the second time I was like, ah, yes, excellent. It makes like sense. It he's deleting previous messages. This is brilliant. And anyway, so he messages her and asks for information on... Sloan. So that's the information they got when they first got there. It was that Kazi worked for Sloan Limited, which was a shell company. Yep. Um, text, text his wife. His wife does a little bit of digging. Super quick, by the way. Super quick digging. And comes back with the fact that... I think she's got a bit more skills than we know. Okay. I, I told you before this that I watched this episode... And then tried to watch some more Lost in Space, but I was thinking about this episode still. Yep. And what was? And then I tweeted out what I was thinking because that's what I do. Tweeted out into the world, and then I saw some articles thinking the same thing that I was thinking about two days later. So I was like, "Ah, oh, excellent. Yes, we're all on the same path." And that is that. I believe Laura is going to be retconned to have been Mockingbird. I don't know who that is. So Mockingbird in the comics is actually Hawkeye's wife. Well, there you go. That's perfect and then, isn't it? when Laura was first brought into the MCU, a lot of people were like, oh man, well, there's no Mockingbird. Because Mockingbird's name in the comics is Bobby Morse. Yeah. And she was an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know how much Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. we watched, but she was Adrian Padalecki's character. Oh, okay. That was Bobby Morse, Mockingbird. So she's a skilled S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Like just a really skilled shield agent who eventually puts on a moniker of Mockingbird when she realizes you have to be a superhero to be able to do things now. Yeah, well, maybe she was Mockingbird. Well, this is what I think. I think, like in my little midnight rambling that I was putting together, <laughs> that uh, Mockingbird was compromised and had to go into essentially witness protection. Yeah. And when we first see her in Age of Ultron, I mean, Tony's got that first line where he's like, well, this is an agent, which is cool if that ends up being true. But Renner says that the idea of him, like the caveat to him joining the Avengers was that Nick Fury made this family disappear. Yeah. And he'd like to keep it that way. I think they're playing on that line. I really think that Laura used to be Mockingbird. And that that Rolex ties it to her. Because she asks him about the watch. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you reckon she, he's trying to find it for her to cover tracks? Yes. 
that the Avengers headquarters had. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. And that's why he's so suddenly, oh, man, I need to find that watch. Because he's got everything he needs right now. He's got Roman's sword. He's got Ronan's suit. He could walk away. Yeah, but he needs the watch to cover tracks. Yes. And then he says that to her. He goes, it was someone who was in the game, who's been out of the game for a while, but that could tie them to it. Yeah. He does say it's just a friend. You're onto it. Mate, I'm, I think so. But also then when she finds, when she's in the apartment and she finds the watch, she also finds a list next to the watch, which is Laura's name and his kids' names. Yep. So who's to say she didn't get that from the watch? Like Very high-tech watch, mate. Very high-tech watch. Hey, man, they hide stuff in stuff all the time. Remember how high-tech that pager was from Captain Marvel? Yeah. Okay, it was yeah. an intergalactic pager. Yeah. <laughs> the signal is infinite. Yeah. And faster than light. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyway, that's my little Laura is Mockingbird theory. That might not pay out because I I still, I thought that Jack might have been the original Ronan last week. So (laughs) who knows? Jack's Mephesto. uh, Confirm. Mephesto confirm. Mephesto confirm. It's Mephesto's watch, guys. Jack is Loki. Yeah. (laughs) It's just Loki cruising around just pretending to be different people. Anyway, um... We get this little cool scene with Kate where she's like seeing her family and then realizes that family and Christmas is what it's all about. And it's kind of her fault that Hawkeye's missing Christmas with his family. Yeah. So she goes to try and give him a Christmas, which is a very cute little montage that we get. We see him teaching her how to flip a coin, which said last week was the. Um, his brother. How good was that? Oh. I could kill someone. At, what is what's his age? Twenty yards with it. Yeah. He's <laughs> like no, but even like the literal line that he says, where he goes, "Ah, oh, a penny and a quarter act do a dime is too light." Yeah. That is directly from the comics, and it was what his brother told him when he was teaching him. Oh well. Wow. So they've kind of flipped it to be instead of his brother teaching him, him teaching Kate. Yeah. But I love that the way they've done it, it's almost as if his brother still could have taught him. Yeah. And he's just doing the exact same thing. To yeah. He's Kate. just passing it on to who he's teaching now. Yeah. I, I love that. Like that was like, for me, that was one of the moments of the show where I just, I fanboyed obviously. I, lo- I love the line that she says, what's the best shot you've ever taken? And he goes, the one I didn't take. Yes. I thought that was awesome. I um And you see I her, she's like, What? That makes Black no Widow sense. Once. I've seen it in the cinemas. I haven't watched it again since. Neither have right. I. So there's a lot about Black Widow I didn't remember. I recommend a lot of people, while you're waiting for the next episode of Hawkeye, jump on Disney Plus and watch it's called Marvel Legends, the Legends series. And every couple of weeks, they or whenever a show drops, they put like a little five or ten minute catch up for each character. Yeah, in there. So the watch the Marvel Legends for Hawkeye, which has just dropped, obviously before this series, because it gives you a little reminder of all the things that happened in Black Widow that tied Clinton and Tasha together. So it reminds you of that scene where they're in the safe house and Yelena says, what kind of bullet makes that hole? And she goes, it's not bullets, that's arrows. 
Yeah, yeah. And the little safe room they hide in that she says, me and Clint spent three days hiding in here. <laughs> yep. Right? It, I'd forgotten all of that stuff, if I'm honest. So it's it takes five minutes out of your day. It's really well worth watching just to get your head around because I think we might see a little, little bit more now that Yelena's there to do with what happened there. I loved her showing up too. That was so good. Oh, so good. All right, we'll definitely talk about that when we get to it. Um, obviously, because it's this episode. <laughs> so we get this cute little Christmas party. Like I said, we get Clint teaching her how to flick the coins, which is cool. Um, but then we get Kay asking questions about stuff so like you said the shot i didn't take that was a really cool little thing Kay also puts it together that clinton was ronan yep but she still has this massive hero worship of him obviously because she's like it doesn't matter like people did stuff who cares you're still a hero that's exactly it she then goes to bed though and we get clinton we get a little insight into the things that Clint's thinking about constantly, which is the moment he lost his family in Endgame. Yep. And the moment Black Widow sacrificed himself, herself. And I just want to, just want to say, how great is the MCU's quality that you can just insert a film still a film like scene from a movie and it doesn't feel out of place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like they can cut to him having these memories and you're like, this is the same show. Like it's like there's, can you imagine if you popped a scene from Jackson, Zack Snyder's justice league into the flash TV show? Well, we sort of it, sort of did. It would be jarring. I, Anyway, we sort I of did it. do that. Remember? Yeah, when they met each other, but that and that was filmed in panoramic, and it felt different. Yeah, because it was filmed differently. Anyway, that's just I just I little little fanboy moment there. I love it. Um, aspect ratios, man, it's all good. Um, yeah, so you get that thing of Clint, and obviously, just showing how much Natasha's still weighing on him. Um, he then separates them for the next day. So he goes, talks to Kazi. And we get that cool little little scene with him talking to Kazi where Kazi's constantly trying to find one of his weapons that Clint's already gone through and scoped out. Um, well, of course so he would, take? though. Took his gun, took his knife, took his... Knife. Other knife. Two <laughs> knives and a gun. <laughs> and then I just love Kazi like, can I at least get my gun back? And he goes, yeah. what do you think? Gets there and just throws it. <laughs> His face when he throws it, he's like, ah, oh, man. Now I'm going to go find it. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but essentially, it was a quick conversation with Kazi just to tell him, talk Meyer out of this. You know yeah. that your boss doesn't like the attention. And who's the boss? Bringing. Oh, it's got to be Kingpin. Kingpin, Mr. Does not like the attention, does he? Does not like the attention, Mr. Kingpin. Um, hey, I don't think we mentioned this, but... Season three of Daredevil, that hotel that with Fisk buys while he's in like, um, in what was it in home incarceration? Yeah, do you remember that? He just buys the hotel. Yeah, that's the same hotel that the auction was at in the first episode of Hawkeye. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, like exact same hotel. So he's running the auctions. <laughs> Could be, but I love that little, like, I don't know if it's, it's it was it was obviously, not, it has to be done on purpose, surely. Oh, 100%. You could have picked any hotel. That's right. And you've chosen that one? The exact same That's, one. Oh, I love it. I love it. Fisk um, Tower, as some would say. <laughs> no, that's that's Avengers Tower. It's not. <laughs> that's the Baxter Building. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I saw that thing. The other I think day we've just of, busted um, that open too. I think that is that hotel that is hotel Fisk Tower. Will be Fisk Tower. Yeah, could be, could be. Um, all right, so that was his mission. He went to go talk to Kazi, and he sent um, Kate to go get the trick arrows back. Which we learned aren't trick arrows, they're trick arrowheads that get put onto shaft. Do you know how to put on any shaft though? <laughs> that's always yeah, that's interesting it. to know. Um, so she goes to get it from Evidence Locker where she speaks to the LARPers to try and do it. This I has me how, I just love how the cop's just like, yeah, no worries. Okay, what's interesting about that cop is... It's like you're crooked. Yeah, how she was like, she, her bag had bombshell written on it. Yeah. You know how that that felt like a weird scene? Yeah. It's because um, there's like this oh, circus group of criminals that he, uh, Hawkeye runs into in the comics. Uh, bombshell's one of those characters. Oh. Um, the dude who, uh, the bigger LARPA dude who was, um, who doing was the, making doing the sword fight and noises. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Who's then at the apartment as well? Yeah. Uh, his name, I can't remember the top of my head though, but it clicked when he said it. He's also one of those guys. Oh. So they've named a bunch of these guys after them. I don't think it's going to end up being them, but... Is Grills yeah. one of them? No, Grills is someone different and this worries me. Okay, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm just going to dive into this again. Uh-oh. <laughs> in the comic, Grills is a dude who lives in Hawkeye's apartment complex okay and his name's grills because he stands on the roof with a barbecue and just grills and people come up for a fee fee free like he feeds them oh so he's a good he guy talk, he just wants to talk to them oh so hawkeye's always going up there for a fee, free feed and then stands there talking to grills about what he's been doing and all this stuff yeah and grills will just give him advice so he's just like a elderly guy who likes grilling so they call him grills gets killed by the tracksuit mafia and it's heartbreaking. Well, okay. Now, when this dude showed up in episode one. You're like, oh, you're dead. And said his name was Grills. I was like, oh, that's a cool nod. You know? Oh, that was a fun, fun little nod. And then he was gone and I'm like, well, that was a fun little nod. And now he's back. And now you're like, you're going to die. Very worried for him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh no your life is over you should have stayed gone (laughs) I love I love how Kate is getting the um, LARPers to make their costumes yes I reckon that's that's phenomenal writing that yeah she's like I'll just I'll give you I'll give you the material you guys make it yeah that's awesome I still don't like the crooked cop though like that's you're stealing from evidence Mm. And she was more worried about her bag getting taken than the fact that she just stole evidence. Yeah. So but you went along went with through, that a little too quick. Maybe she went through the blip as well 
and she's quite jaded now. You know, Maybe. who knows? It's a different world there, man. It's a different world. Anyway, um, we then get the tracking for the watch come up. Also, how have we not seen any news about Peter Parker yet? Well, I think this was set well after that, from what I can gather. So this is after Doctor Strange opening the multiverse? It might be, yeah. So I things, don't know. things just aren't making sense at the moment. Like it's, it's really hard to pin down this like timeline. Yeah. So I think this is more going to be a because it's a don't ask, don't tell it, situation. Well, it looks like No Way Home takes off directly after Far From Home. Yeah. And that was directly after Endgame. You know what I mean? The, which means this is happening at the same time. No, no, I think this is well after. Because this is like two years after Endgame. Like, you got to think, man, they've had time to do an entire musical. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. Like, this was at least a year or a year and a half after Endgame. So, yeah, anyway. When was Falcon and the Winter Soldier set as well? Like, yeah. Oh, it's getting hard, man. We're going to need to find someone who can just do a big chronological thing for us. Map it all out again. Tell us when it's all happening. That'd be nice. Mr. Feige, please get on that for us. Can you please sort it out and tell us? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we get a really cool scene now. So they track down the watch. It's in an apartment. They're sitting across. Clint's teaching Kate about sight lines and entrances, egresses, all that kind of stuff. That was really cool. Um, Because she was like, why wouldn't we just be as high as possible? I love hearing that rationale because it just goes more into showing just how much of a trained agent Clint was. Yeah. You know? Um, It's always good to see more of him before that. Kate walks in, as she does, walks in the front door, sets off a silent alarm. I love that little nod. Straight away, it's a silent alarm because a deaf person doesn't need sound. That's right. They need lights. You know? That was awesome. Um, She's walking around. He's telling her to get out. She gets attacked by Maya. Once again, a great line of, Maya's here. Yeah, I know. How's she fighting you if she's fighting me? <laughs> well, who's, who am I fighting then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, she's definitely here. Yeah. And then we cut to... I love that because he's got her in a headlock and he's like, well, yeah. who am I fighting this? <laughs> um, so he gets a little bit of a widow sting. <laughs> it's pulled out. She gets across the thing to help him. You get this little four-way fight scene because Maya jumps in. Maya jumps in there too. Let's not forget she got stuck halfway as well. She did, yep, because she was... Obviously not at the right altitude, so she might be right about that too. Um, okay, so we get this really cool little four-way fight scene, but we get some really cool moments here that we have to get into. We get uh, Maya jumping in and saving Hawkeye, essentially, because Yelena had him dead to rights with a gun. Yeah. And it's Maya who came and kicked it out of his hand. 
So that's an interesting, whether that was intentional or just happened because she was flying through and she said, I'm just going to kick this. Um, did you hear the little music tracks here? Uh, jog my memory. Okay, so we get a couple of harkbacks that they do here. So as Kate, so Yelena ties that little cord to, um, to Kate and throws her off the edge. Hawkeye runs over there to grab her and then decides to cut her loose. Yeah. They play the exact same music as when that scene happened in I, Endgame. I did notice that because I said that to the missus. I pointed that yeah. out. I said, that's the same music that happens. Yeah. I and pointed that out. At the point where Yelena gets unmasked, that's also the Black Widow theme. Yeah. Like, I love these little little needle drops they can do where they can pull you into that. But that Black Widow Avengers theme broke my heart watching her drop. How much trust did he have in that lighting though? You know, what happens if she got a tangled around her neck and just hung her? What happens if she just slid through them? Merry Christmas, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like he put a lot of faith into that. We're not friends. <laughs> mm. um, I love how quick she's like, well, I'm getting back up there. I'm not listening to a word you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get, she shoots shoots Maya in the shoulder and Maya takes off. And then she has Yelena dead to rights, like absolutely dead to rights. Now, Yelena, have you seen the little video that Florence Pugh's put out? Of her reacting to it. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's like, uh uh-uh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I love though is that I think it's more of Kate remembering the story that we had just heard Clint tell her about the shot he didn't take. And we've literally just got that moment here. Yeah. She's it's the shot she hasn't taken now. So he gets his Black Widow. At that moment, she just got hers on this one. You know, I love I love the symmetry there and the way that kind of come together in the same episode. Like it's a cool little callback without actually having it beat you over the head. Yeah, that's it. It was subtle enough that I think you could have gone past it easily. Um, Yelena gets away and Hawkeye's just, Clint's just, everything's changed now. Everything's a lot more serious. Tells Kate to go. He's like, we are done, you're out. She's like, nope. He's like, <laughs> I love his line here where he's like, but I mean, the amount of times he says, are you hearing me? Like, can you hear me? This is what I'm saying. Are you hearing it? Like, just really harking on the fact that like, it's just that little thing of that's there been their whole kind of dynamic is that they haven't really been hearing each other. They've been learning how to. Yeah, yeah. You know, hearing's really played on it. So for him to use those specific words of "Are you hearing me?" breaks your heart. Mm. Absolutely breaks your heart. Um, but he says someone's hired a widow. Does he know so who that, she is? Well, that kind of. Um, I don't think he does. I don't believe so. No. Because, pretty much, where Black Widow was set as well. You got to remember, Black Widow was right before Civil War, like leading into Civil War. 
And from that point, Nat and Clint kind of went separate ways. Yeah. Because she went into hiding and he went into uh, retirement, essentially. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, I think, I think that shows that he, he doesn't know who she is. Yeah, I don't, think um, he do- I don't think he does. How much he's, whether she's been, he's told, sorry, Nat's told him about her past before though. So maybe before the events of Black Widow. So he may know who Yelena is, but not know that is Yelena. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he may know about her family and all her ties and everything, but not know that that is Yelena. Um, what we also get is the understanding that how the widows are now operating in society now. And it's that they've taken over as their own red room, essentially. And are hiring out assassins. Because he's like, someone's hired a widow. So that means that from Civil War to now, the Red Room's still operating, just not under that structure it was before. They're not they're not mind controlled anymore. They're free thinkers and they're being hired out as assassins. Yeah. Which is scary. I also didn't realize until yesterday I was watching Shang-Chi. And there's a widow in Shang-Chi. What? Yeah. Where? When, when they first walk into the um, the fight club. Yeah. Um, a widow is fighting a dude in a, like in one of the little fights that they walk past. Oh, wow. And the dude who's walking through, like they stop and watch her for a bit and she takes him down with a full on like widow style move. She's wearing the full black vest, full black outfit, all that kind of stuff. And she's obviously been there fighting a bit because I can't remember what he says her name was. It was like Melissa or something like that. And he's like, yeah, you go Melissa or something like that. <laughs> but it was enough time to be like, that's Widow. Yeah. Wow. And I hadn't, I didn't clock that on the first watch. No, me either. But anyway, so like there's also Widows out there just earning money at Underground Fight Club as well, apparently. <laughs> just putting their trade to work. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think that covers it, man. That's it. That covers it where we'll get obviously more Yelena next week, which we're stoked for. I was I even watched after the credits because usually the fourth episode is when the after credits scene shows up. But Well, I didn't. We didn't get another. Oh, good. Have I'm you not like, picked wow. it up from every every show we've had? It's the fourth episode is where the after credits scene picks up. Right. I think it's the fourth. might be the fifth, so watch next week. Mm-hmm. Definitely will. Um, oh, man. All right. Well, we don't really know where this is going, but, hey, we've thrown some theories out there, namely... Val. Laura, Laura being Mockingbird, I reckon, is my favourite. I really want that to happen. Um, mainly because I'd love to see a flashback of Linda Cardellini as Mockingbird. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> She's brilliant. That'd be amazing. Um, But, yeah, like you said, Val... Val's a really big one as well. Val and Kingpin are coming. Oh, man. If Kingpin's making his own Dark Avengers. Because in the comics, it was Norman Osborn who made the Dark Avengers. Ah. And it's really easy to, to kind of switch out Kingpin yeah. and Norman Osborn a lot of the time. For sure. When they both have towers. You know, it's, it's, all, <laughs> it's all a thing. <laughs> but 
Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely keep where this goes. And only a couple of days for that. So what we have coming this week in the world of the MCU, we've got Spider-Man No Way Home. We've got Spider-Man, we've got Hawkeye, we've also got Witcher. So, hey, we might actually get the answer of where No Way Home sits in relation to... Everything. Hawkeye (laughs) as well this week. So we're going to be... look. It's hard because the MCU is so connected, but we try to keep our water coolers really self-contained to be like, this is just about Hawkeye. Yeah. But if we watch No Way Home and have to do a water, uh, one shot on No Way Home and then a water cooler on Hawkeye, look, we may get some stuff crossing over that we have to talk about. We'll see how that goes. It is <laughs> but possible. it does feel like as a series, Hawkeye is intentionally keeping it street level. And it's one of the things I love about the series the most is that you don't need to have these big galactic stakes to have a good story. You know, it can just be about a dude trying to get his suit back. And it's awesome. Mm. I'm loving it. Anyway, please join us, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.